Welcome to the Young Adult in Ministry Podcast, the Yamcast, where we talk about everything the church needs to know and some things you don't need to know about failing forward in young adult ministry. We are starting these monthly podcasts with a discussion about the book, Sustainable Young Adult Ministry, and anything else we feel like. Hi, my name is Kenny. I'm from Boise, Idaho. My name is Jeremy, and I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm I'm Chris from Cincinnati, Ohio. And here we go. We've been working over the last several episodes through the book, Sustainable Young Adult Ministry, Making It Work, Making It Last, by Mark DeVries, DeVry, and Scott Pontier. And we are on the final chapter. And and as we um, wrap up this book and yet continue our conversation about young adult ministry, and we'll talk more about that in a minute, the last chapter is entitled, Failure Isn't an Option, It's a Certainty. Chris, do you want to start us off sharing anything that stood out to you from this chapter? Um, yeah, Chris, that'd be a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's back. Oh, man. Have um, fail. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I love that title, actually, the chapter title. And I thought, I need to say that more. You know, I'm going to find scenarios in which I can say that. Hey, failure is not an option. It's a certainty. Um, and to be okay with that. I, and this is actually backing up to chapter 15. But an, another phrase, faithful failing in the right direction almost always works. I feel like that's, that goes a little bit with this, this final chapter as well. But um I definitely feel like one of the things this this book has done a good job of is emphasizing the the need to you know be okay with trying things um, and not necessarily you know giving up just when one or two things don't work because uh, to me that's one of the biggest mistakes that's one of the mistakes that he mentions earlier in the book that authors do. Um, and I know from my own experience, churches will try a few things and when they don't work, just kind of give up. Um, and so I think churches need to, um, you know, also commit to the long haul. Again, this is chapter 15. Apparently I, I have more thoughts from chapter <laughs> 15 than 16, but uh, the long obedience in the same direction that be committed to this long pursuit. Um, the idea that, you know, I think they talked about you know, his consulting company or whatever, when they work with churches, they, you, they kind of have like a five-year window in mind. Um, I don't, in, in my experience, churches I've tried to either help do college young adult ministry or talk to about it. I don't think many of them have a five-year kind of plan in mind. They're kind of like, okay, let's, let's work on this for six months to a year and, and see what happens. Um, so again, I, I, I just like the, the emphasis on, you know, be committed to this for the long haul, be committed to this in a way that you're willing to fail anything. This is not from this book, but somewhere else in my life, I heard if anything's worth doing, it's worth failing at basically that sort of idea. Um, some people hate that. Kind of some of my takeaways. What do you got, Kay, Wade? Well, it's just some people, they, they hear that like, 
like if you're failing then you didn't do it right or you're not you know you're you're doing something you're not trying hard enough or whatever and my experience is um there's a few things in life that go right <laughs> but there's like if you want to call it failure there's a small inkling of failure um in in all of life in all segments of life and in any given day like i could give you a list as long as my arm just from today probably if i wanted to look at my life as failures it started when my wife backed out of the driveway and it was dark and i was like why is that tire making that screechy sound like it's on a shiny floor and it's concrete to asphalt and i can hear and i was like she's got a flat it's on the other side of the car and i can't see it and I mean, I was, I was going for a bike ride and as it turns out, there was a screw in that tire and I had to put the donut on and then we, we switched cars real quick and she was gone. And then I had to figure out my day. So, you know, um, at, why did we drive over a screw? Now, is that a failure thing? No, that's kind of, kind of a different thing, but then there's other things, time management things today. Like I could look at. So I like chapter 16 failure is an option. It's a certainty. I read that to my brother and he's like, Hey, this is a, this is a no fail mission. And I was like, Oh, I don't do no fail missions. Like I, I, I do the um, plan for success and contingency, like have that roll of duct tape, have those extra tube socks, be able to create a scrubber. Don't make it to the moon, but you get back alive to earth. Like let's make those oxygen choices. So every time I encounter a failure in life and particularly with young adult ministry, which I've got a couple of those from this last month and week, um, it's like, a, okay, we run into, we run into, uh, this didn't work, uh, inviting the young adults that don't go to Northwest Nazarene University and are on the other side of town and trying to get them to come to Chili's for free appetizers. It just turned into a meeting between me and the other 40-year-old lady that wants to help out with graduating seniors in high school and those that just their first year out of college. She has a passion for that. And so we ate queso and chips and talked about that for an hour with no young adults there. And I could see that as failure, which it kind of was, or I could see it as like, okay, this didn't work. What will work for them? How can we encourage them? It's not about me. And sometimes I think the failure thing is because I put all of the responsibility and onus on me instead of what's actually going to be helpful in the context. Yeah. And I think it's part of the degrading the idea of failure as something that reflects poorly on us. I mean, you look at some of the most successful businesses, it's about failing fast and still committing to the overall mission. When you realize that it doesn't negate the importance of the mission, failure is, is iterations. It's experimentation of figuring out what does work. And that is, a, is an ongoing process in any organization and in the mission of God. It's, change isn't fun, but it's, it's part of, as we seek to continue to be a part of God's mission in the world, the message the central point of what God is doing in the world, his end goal doesn't change, but how we, how it is uh, being lived out and how we engage in it does change. And that requires experimenting and failing and reiterating and, and figuring stuff out. I, we here on our college campus, they moved to quarters to try to ensure that they could at least get some classes in before if there was any outbreak. So it was seven weeks. It was a sprint it was exhausting for everyone involved on the campus. Students just said it felt like finals week every single week. They just wrapped that up. Normally, we would try to do big things to encourage them. I did like a, a year ago, I would have done a donut. I did a donut drop of like 200 donuts to the library. And, and like, you know, can't really do that now. 
so we set up a tent at our church. I have the benefit of being on the campus, but separate property. We set up a tent and I had milk and cookies. I went to Chick-fil-A. They got a kick out of the guy that had ordered a hundred cookies and white and chocolate milk, the little kids ones that you get in the kids meals. And I handed those out. We didn't have a big mass of people. That was partly intentional because of the, the rules of the campus. But I had some of the best conversations that I've had in months, <laughs> drinking chocolate milk and eating cookies with college students as we just did something goofy to tr like, and I, th I think that's also a part of it, especially during this time. But I think this, I think this extrapolates beyond just this COVID season, being willing to change our metrics, that it's not just about oh, numbers yeah. and it's not just about everything going well. But I think part of it is how we define failure. Like we didn't have a lot of students show up. You said, said the same thing with Chili's. But what I did figure out was like, I learned what I can do better next time. I also learned that there's these smaller events allowed for me to have longer, longer and deeper conversations than I normally would if I was trying to run something big or throw some big event. You know that you need to pick a location closer to the college campus. Like it's, you, we're learning. What's the whole Thomas Edison thing? I didn't fail 999 times or whatever. Like I figured out all the ways not to make a light bulb. Yeah. And, and dude, the, dude's, the dude's workshop burned down too in the process. Yeah. So I think uh, it's redefining, it's redefining how we, what we think about in terms of, of, of failure. And I think one of the important things from the end of it is that it's, it's solved by walking that we continue in this journey mm. and we, we're wrapping up this book, but uh, our engagement, those who are listening to our podcast, watching online, continuing that journey in ministry. We're also continuing this podcast, which I think Kenny, it'd be great for you to, to share about more in a minute. But before we get there, Chris, is there anything else that you wanted to share from the, and I know you started us off, but you've got, you've always got nuggets of wisdom. Um, is there anything else from the, the book? No, I love what you said about defining how we define failure. And I also, it just occurred to me, we, we often capitalize the word failure with the big F Mm. And I think we just need to not do that. Don't, don't see failure as a capital F failure. It's just, That's it's good. just a step in the process. Um, and then the solvitur ambulando, that phrase, I mean, I've been hashtagging that since I, you know, went off on the trail and hashtag pray with your feet, hashtag solvitur ambulando, whatever. Um, and that I was introduced to that phrase. That's kind of a Camino phrase. So the Camino is a pilgrimage in Spain, the northern kind of route from France to Spain, to the ocean across the coast of Spain. It's a 500 mile, you know, ancient pilgrimage kind of thing. Um, but that phrase and that idea that it's solved by walking or that it's, um, you know, it's in, it's kind of like the old, um, successory posters, you know, that were the, the destination is the journey. Um, but the idea that, that moving, we're going to see things happen um, and not just kind of sitting around waiting for the perfect solution, you know, to come to mind in a moment of rational, um, you know, elation or, um, you know, something like that. So I think that's a, that's a great, that's a great kind of summation and a place to end with this book too. It's just, you're not going to figure out young adult ministry unless you're engaged in it and you're building relationships and you're trying. Um, 
I love the idea of, you know, some of the points that were made, I think, again, in chapter 15, must be my favorite chapter, was, you know, instead of trying to do the big events, like be, you know, do these smaller cohorts, these smaller, mm -hmm. instead of just always trying to blast 100 people with communication, um, realize the power of, of having one-on-one -on -one communication with somebody. So I just, and again, these are, I think are some, some benefits to the COVID, to the pandemic thing that we're relearning um, perhaps in church and ministry is that um, bigger is not always better. Yeah. So, so I, in, in this chapter talking about moving, there's, there's three sentences that really grabbed me. Every step of the work we're called to do with the next generation can't be mapped out. And then um, a little bit farther down on that page, we'll find the answer while we're moving. And I always live in the tension between um, like, does missiology shape theology or does theology shape missiology? And I think it's a mishmash of, the, of both, but we'll find the answer while we're moving, while we're going as the church, while we're practicing following Christ. And we do that in community. Um, it's kind of how I lean into that. And then as you build your young adult ministry, look for people with resilience, people with the ability to keep moving in the same direction, despite the obstacles, which, you know, my Spartan within me gets excited when we start talking about obstacles, because I just want to, I, I have this little phrase that um, maybe I picked it up from someplace, but um, that where strength fails, technique prevails. So I may be exhausted when I get to that obstacle and my muscles are like, I can't power through it. I can't, I can't just grab the rope and just do my arms and not use my legs. But if I know the leg technique to climb up that 16, 20 foot rope, I don't even really need to use my arms because of the technique. And so sometimes I think we keep trying to power through stuff instead of trying to adapt our technique to the context and situation. So the way that I'm applying that to our, you know, 18 to 23 year olds is I had coffee with a guy that's an aspiring comedian and with our group and he's not going to college any place right now. He's 21. He's not really working right now. Um, he's got some high COVID risk folks, part of his family. And he's kind of like, if I'm out there, do I expose them? And we're all in the same. Oh. We're going to try a little conversation. I'm not going to call it a podcast yet because we haven't done it yet, but I, you know, cause I need another podcast, but this is a phrase that he said to me that's really stuck with me. Um, he, he's like, you know, sometimes my, um, my, my electric brain meat just doesn't work right. It just misfires. I'm like electric brain meat. What are you talking about? And, and so just coming out of the mental health kind of thing, like sometimes things don't work quite right up here and we need some help with that. But I thought, what's one thing that I could do knowing that these younger groupings of young adults aren't going to gather at Chili's? What's something that I could do with young adults that might benefit other young adults? So me and this guy in our group are going to try to do a conversation a couple times a month, do it live, and then share it with our young adult group. And he's hilarious. He just makes me laugh. We're just going to have a goofy conversation for 30 minutes or so and see if young adults engage with that and just work different things into it. So we're going to try that just because I like him and he wants to hang out with me, kind of, I guess, um, and um, see if that's a benefit to our group. Electric Brainy. That sounds like some indie band. You should look it up on Anchor. <laughs> well, um, as we as we wrap up our time on this episode, uh, this is uh, the end of our journey with this book, uh, not the end of this podcast, though. Our next book, oh, perfect timing, Chris, for those of you watching. Hey, wait, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yeah. yet. <laughs> not done this yet. podcast is not done yet. Yeah. Subtitle, Reaching and Keeping Unchurched Emerging Adults by Beth Severson. 
And we'll be continuing this conversation, not only here, but bringing in some of our friends and co-laborers in Christ in young adult ministry. And that'll be a part of upcoming episodes. We're excited to be able to share that with you all. And as we continue to journey together, to, to fail forward in our, in our ministry work. We were already saying that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the outro. Are we doing the outro? Is that where you're segueing to, Jeremy? I think we should segue to, to the outro. Um, as we wrap up, thank you guys for watching. Those of you watching online, those of you who are listening to this episode, we appreciate you journeying with us as we journey together and seeking to be Christ-like and seeking to uh, invite others into uh, this relationship with Christ and to, to serve alongside young adults in the process.